Before we start the show today, we just wanted to let you know that you can find a Smash Boom Best Listening Party Kit at our website, smashboom.org. It's got score sheets, bingo cards, and even a music playlist full of jams to get pumped up for competition. If you're looking for something to do with your family or with your friends remotely, it's the perfect activity. Again, you can find that free kit at smashboom.org. Now, on with the show. From the brains behind Brains On, it's Smash Boom Best. The show for people with big opinions. Hi, I'm Molly Bloom, and this is Smash Boom Best, the show where we take two things, smash them together, and ask you to decide which one is best. Today's debate is between two totally adorable, extremely popular animals known for their fashionable fur and frolicsome feathers. It's pandas versus penguins. Which team will win? Cuddly, bamboo-munching pandas or waddling, water-loving penguins? We have Marin here to help us decide. Hello, Marin. Hi. So, Marin, before we dive in, I would like to know if you have any particular relationship to pandas, any feelings about them to begin with? I mean, they are just so spiritually relatable, I feel like, <laughs> to so many people. They just eat and sleep all day. That's the life I want to live. And what about penguins? How do you feel about those cuties? I've had such a childhood connection to them since I watched the hit animated movie Happy Feet. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'd say it's equal feelings, familiarity with both animals. So in case people haven't seen Happy Feet, but it's about penguins who want to dance? The one penguin who doesn't have a song, but he has a dance. Oh. (laughs) Do you have any tips today for our debaters about how to win you over? I would say be clear and concise about your logic. I love it. Well, here to defend peace-loving, roly-poly team panda, it's Katie McVeigh. Hello, Katie. Hi there. Katie, in just a single sentence, why are pandas the smash boom best? Fashionable. Amazing. Idols. Fantastic. (laughs) Thumbs. I mean, it's not a sentence so much as a feeling of vibes, but that's what the panda is about. The vibe. And here to rep witty, winsome Team Penguin, it's Brandy Brown. Hi, Brandy. Hey. So, Brandy, tell us, why are penguins the cooler creature in one sentence? They've got it all. They're the full package. Pandas and penguins might be known for being black and white, but this debate is going to be anything but... Before we begin, let's review each round. First, we've got the Declaration of Greatness. In this round, Team Panda and Team Penguin will each deliver a statement in defense of their side. Their arguments will include emotional stories, stunning facts, and steely logic. After each declaration, the opposing team will get 30 seconds to make a rebuttal. Then we've got the Micro Round. It's a creative challenge both debaters have prepared for in advance. The third round is the Sneak Attack. It's a surprise challenge each team will have to respond to on the spot. And for the fourth and final round, it's the final six. Each side will have just six words to persuade the judge that their side is the smash boom best. Marin will award two points in the first round, one point for the best declaration, and one point for the best rebuttal, and then one point for the winner of each subsequent round. Listeners at home, keep track of your points as well. Download a score sheet from our website at smashboom.org, or grab a pencil and paper and make note of Team Panda and Team Penguin's best and worst arguments. All right, Brandy and Katie, are you ready to rumble? 
Yep. Yes. Much like the panda, <laughs> I'm fueled up and ready to stare. <laughs> How about you, Marin? Are you feeling ready to judge this debate? I'm feeling amped up. Excellent. Then it's time for round one. The Declaration of Greatness. We did a coin flip. And Katie, you're up first. Let's hear your Declaration of Greatness for pandas. Pandas. We've all seen them with their cute faces and stylish looks. Black, always stunning. White, very crisp. And combined, terrifically tasteful. (laughs) I can't wait to tell you all about them. But first, let's respect how chic they are. Can you imagine them on the fashion runways of Paris? Coming down the runway in the latest black and white ensemble, it's the giant panda. I've heard of the smoky eye, but the panda eye? Yes, we're seeing it today. Black ears to match giant black circles around the eyes with inky black arms, upper chest, and legs. And then snowy white everywhere else. With a look like this, can she ever not be noticed? Honey, I want you to notice me. She's done it again. Confession time. When I was first invited to this debate, I wasn't a fan of the panda. I thought that they were one-trick wonders. Adorable bears with cute eyes, roly-poly stomachs, and bamboo-chomping snouts. Cute, but boring. But wow, was I wrong. Pandas are cultural icons, scientific enigmas, and environmental ambassadors. Let's talk first about their cultural impact. As far back as the Tang Dynasty, China has utilized pandas as diplomatic ambassadors, or representations of the nation. China has given pandas to other countries as a gesture of friendship and goodwill. Panda postage stamps, commemorative gold panda coins, panda as the logo for the Olympics. China has gone all in on pandas. And once you take a close look at the giant panda, you understand why. Take their fur, for example. Scientists hypothesize that wild pandas found in the mountains of southwest China use their white fur to hide in the snowy mountain caps in the winter and black eyes and paws to hide in the shade in the summer. Yes, pandas hide in the snow in the winter. Pandas, unlike other bears, do not hibernate. Most bears eat all summer, spring, and fall to develop a fatty coat and then sleep the majority of winter away. Regular bears are a literal snooze fest. And most of them are meat eaters. But not the panda. The panda is different from its bear cousins in lots of mysterious ways. A big difference between pandas and other bears are their rather unique tastes. The panda diet is 99% bamboo. Although nutritionally similar to the carnivorous diet, high in protein and low in carbohydrates, the panda's all-bamboo diet looks different from that of other bears. And that diet causes pandas to look different too. For instance, did you know pandas have a thumb? Well, they do. Pandas evolved a thumb-like extra wrist bone to grip and consume their favorite leafy treat. 
The natural panda habitat, which spans the mountains of southwest China, is a rich and biodiverse landscape that is also home to two distinct species of bamboo. As the panda travels across the landscape, it poops out seeds it ate. These seeds help new plants grow throughout the region. The panda is basically the Johnny Appleseed of the Kingling Mountains, but with poop seeds. And the panda's habitat is better for it, because it turns out there's a lot of animals that live in those forests with the panda, including the golden snub-nosed monkey, the golden pheasant, and the takin. They're not as famous as the panda, but the panda uses its charm and good looks to help them out. You see, humans, by and large, are the ones ruining the natural habitats of our animal neighbors. But because people love pandas, China and the international community worked hard to save the panda. And that meant also saving the panda's habitat. You're welcome, all those other animals also living there. I was wrong about pandas, but the world isn't. The panda is a great animal. The panda sits up with its cute eyes and says, look at me, world. And hey, while you're doing that, Look at my home. Look at all my delicious bamboo. You're really messing it up. Plus, pandas manage to manifest thumbs just because they love their favorite snack. And that's something I can really relate to. If I could grow a second arm just for ice cream eating, I would. Imagine if my second ice cream eating arm could save the world. Okay, I'm getting off topic. The point is, Pandas are great at being pandas, but also great at reminding humans that we need to preserve our natural habitat. So the next time you think of the panda, thank it for its adorable face and incredible bamboo grasping thumbs. Not only fashionable, but functional, babe. An excellent declaration for pandas. So, Marin, what did you think of Katie's argument? What stuck with you? I really liked how she kept it simple with the ending conclusion sentences. Um, she really told me what arguments were important and why. And I also found the second arm line very funny because humans are generally born with two arms. So <laughs> that implies you only have one arm. Martin, you are a very close listener. We cannot slip anything past you. Now, Brandy, it's time for your beakiest, cheekiest rebuttal. You have 30 seconds to respond starting now. All right. They're both stylish, but like penguins are wearing a tuxedo. They're way, way fancier. Also, pandas on a runway, who cares? They're lazy. They wouldn't walk far enough. Uh, penguins have a nice eye splash, lots of color under the face, way more fancy. Let's talk about panda diplomacy. Panda diplomacy, uh, it's like millions of dollars. China's like, hey, can you spend a million dollars a year to raise our pandas for us? It's a scam. I don't like panda <laughs> diplomacy. All right. Let's talk about how they're black and white to hide. Pandas have no predators. And who cares? <laughs> I know you have more to say. So the great news is it's time for your declaration of greatness for Team Penguin. Look over there. It's a bird. It's a plane. Actually, yep, it, it, it's a bird. It's the super penguin, a heroic species ranging in size from one foot to over four feet tall. 
penguins live in regions stretching from the equator to Antarctica. And they're clearly cooler than a boring bamboo-eating bear. And not just because of their cold habitats. I'll tell you exactly why they're super. Penguins' first superpower is surviving harsh temperatures. Penguins are known for thriving in ultra-chilly places like Antarctica, where it can get as cold as negative 76 degrees Fahrenheit. Luckily, penguins in colder climates have a dense jacket of feathers on top of layers of fat to protect them from the cold, wind, and water. Penguins also produce a special oil that they can apply to their feathers to help waterproof them. Plus, they do the cuddle huddle. That's when a bunch of penguins huddle together using each other's body heat to stay warm. It's adorable and practical. All this means penguins never have to worry about losing their hat or their mittens. Next, penguins are super hunters. Emperor penguins regularly dive over 70 feet deep into the water for eight minutes at a time to hunt for delicious fish, squid, and krill, which are like tiny shrimp. When penguins snag their prey in their beaks, they use tiny Velcro-like hooks on their tongues to keep it from wriggling away. Then they swallow it whole. <laughs> Glands filter out the salt from the seawater they swallow. I'll bet just the thought of that much effort to eat is enough to make a panda want to take a nap. <sighs> Penguins usually find food close to home, but sometimes they must travel heroic distances to stuff themselves. Catastrophic molting is one of those times. During molting, most birds lose and grow new feathers in small numbers. But penguins lose and grow all their feathers at the same time. This is called catastrophic molting. It lasts up to three weeks, and during that time, penguins can't go swimming for food. Before molting, some penguins spend weeks at sea, traveling hundreds or even thousands of miles, gorging on food before returning to dry land. Ah, welcome to McCrill's, home of the krill basket. What can I get you? We'll have ten krill baskets. Okay, will that be all? You know what? We're celebrating a catastrophic molt. Make it 20 buckets. Gonna eat grilled krill and then we'll chill. We don't serve cooked food. Oh well. Gonna eat raw krill and then sit still. Uh, whatever. Please swim around to the next window. Penguin's third superpower? Soaring through the seas. Penguins don't fly. Instead, they speed through the water thanks to their long, torpedo-like bodies. <laughs> Watch out, Aquaman. Mid-sized penguins can swim as fast as the fastest Olympians, around five miles per hour. Emperor penguins can reach nine miles per hour. Some penguins even launch themselves out of the water, catching some air before diving right back in, like a dolphin. This helps penguins swim faster and avoid being eaten by seals, sharks, and orcas. Whee! Being a penguin is the best. The only time you'll see a panda catching air is when it falls out of a tree while eating bamboo. Ugh. Finally, penguins are superhero parents. King and emperor penguins live on ice and snow, making it impossible to build nests. Instead, they balance eggs atop their feet, keeping the eggs warm underneath their stomachs. Is it easy? No. But being caring and coordinated 
is quite the balancing act. Here's another cool, but gross thing. The male emperor penguin incubates the egg alone. And if the female penguin isn't back with food before the chick hatches, the male penguin makes a milky substance in his throat to feed the chick for several weeks. Again, gross. But hey, that's devotion. In fact, penguins are so devoted to parenting, they'll even try to hatch a rock. In 1998, Silo and Roy, two male penguins at New York's Central Park Zoo, spent all their time together. Zookeepers noticed the pair trying unsuccessfully to hatch a rock like an egg. This isn't working. Perhaps our egg is too cold. What if we both sat on it? Sensing the pair's strong desire to be parents, zookeepers gave them an egg a different penguin pair wasn't incubating. This egg is doing much better. In hindsight, I think that other egg was a rock. Silo and Roy lovingly incubated the egg, and soon they were joined by a new penguin chick named Tango. Oh, Tango, we love you so much, and you're so much better than a rock. As you can see, penguins are extraordinary creatures. They're bold birds who can brave blizzards. They're super swimmers that seek snacks throughout the seas, sneaking past seals and sharks. Penguins are the proudest of parents pairing up to protect their progeny. They're superheroes. Here's to penguins, much, much cooler than pandas. An excellent declaration of greatness for penguins. Marin, what stood out to you about Brandy's argument? I would say all the facts that I got fed through that. Um, numbers and different things supporting uh, her arguments. I was really wowed by those. Well, Katie, it is time to bear your claws in your most bambrutal rebuttal. Your 30 seconds starts now. All right, a lot to say about what Brandy said. First off, penguins produce an oily substance. Gross, don't need it, hate it, don't want it. Secondly, they sound like overachievers. I don't think that that's what I need in my life right now. I like the panda. I like their slow pace of life. I like that they're not, you know, caught in the go, go, go rat race of of, of catching fish and diving 70 feet. Instead, <laughs> they occasionally do a handstand to relax, and that's it. <laughs> and time. <laughs> yeah, Katie, pandas also, when the, the panda cubs are born, panda moms have to lick the panda's butt to make it go to the bathroom. Otherwise, it'll forget and die, which is way, way grosser. That is disgusting. <laughs> that seems normal to me. I have no problems with that. <laughs> oh, Marin, it is time to evaluate these debaters' deliveries. Who made the stronger declaration? Which rebuttal was best? Don't tell us who you're awarding each point to, but mark down your points. Have you made your decision? I have. Excellent. Listeners at home, if you need more time to think, just press pause. These are difficult decisions. We're going to be back for more debate right after our halftime break. Lincoln here, along with my breezy button, 647-time debate champ, Todd Douglas. Ahoy there, debate heads. We're on an island in the South Pacific right now, catching some rays, some waves, and some super hot debates. We went on a 
stealth mission a few hours ago and caught a pirate captain debating with her first mate. The captain wanted to attack the resource-rich island of Danu. And the first mate wanted to retreat. Attack or retreat. It's a debate familiar to pirates and capture the flag players around the world. Arr, roll the tape, matey. There she blows, the island of Danu. Make a straight course for her shores. But Captain, what about the people of Danu? They're tough. They'll destroy us if we get within striking distance. Codswallop, Danu is the most precious, most perfect, and most resource-rich island in the world. And they say her streams shimmer with real gold. But Captain, it's not ours to take. All that belongs to the people of Danu. Sail on, I say. Sail on. No, we will attack. I am a brilliant leader, and just yesterday, I gave you all the day off. Do any other captains do that? You did give us the day off, but Captain, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. And remember that great meal we all had last night? All those delicious potatoes, and all that... Scrumptious red herring? Yes, but... Just another example of how I treat you all so well. You should agree with me because I do everything for you. Blimey, the captain just committed a logical fallacy called... A red herring. About red herrings. Logical fallacies are debate mistakes that make it super easy for your opponent to poke holes in your argument. And a red herring is when you shift focus away from the argument at hand and start arguing about something totally different in the middle of your debate. It's usually a sign that you don't have any good points to make. Like that captain, she was abusing her power too. Not a good look. No way. Stick to your topic. Steer clear of those fallacies. And tune in next time for State State of of Debate. Best. Smash. Smash. Best. And we're back. You're listening to Smash Boom Best, the show about showdowns. We get incredible debate ideas from our listeners all the time, like this one from Emily in Chesterfield, New Jersey. My debate idea is ketchup versus mustard. We'll check in again with Emily at the end of the show to see who she thinks should win. All right, it's time to venture back into the wild with these black and white beauties. It's pandas versus penguins. Brandy and Katie, are you ready to get back into it? I took a quick nap during the break, so absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I ate like a lot of food during the break. <laughs> Excellent. It is time for... Micro Round. Your Micro Round challenge is Alien Encounter. You're an alien who's been sent to Earth to collect data. When you encounter your side for the first time, you are very impressed. Describe this strange new animal to your fellow aliens. Katie went first in round one, so Brandy, you're up. We'd like to invite Team Penguin to broadcast their very own extraterrestrial message. Today, I visited a place on Earth that was cold and frozen. There, I met creatures humans call pine... I'll just call them fancy birds. Because they were always dressed like humans I once observed at a fancy party. 
The thing is, fancy bird parties aren't very fancy. You have to bring your own food. Whenever guests got hungry, they'd waddle or slide across the ice on their bellies, then dive into the frigid water and grab a wriggling creature to eat. Wanting to fit in, I stuck my head in the water, and it was so cold. I think I now know what the ice cream headaches humans complain about feel like. There was no music. Guests stood around, talking very loudly at each other, and then smaller, non-fancy birds stood in groups or followed the fancy birds around. Once, I was trapped under a bed in a human teenager's room, and these little birds, they looked like larger, cute versions of the dust balls I saw, but thankfully they did not smell like dirty socks. It was a strange party, but the fancy birds were friendly and invited me to join them on their upcoming food tour of the sea. I think I'll go. More reports to follow. They are fancy birds, and that is a very well-traveled alien. All right, now it's Team Panda's turn to share otherworldly messages of appreciation for Team Panda. Let's listen in. of my fellow aliens of the International Alien Confederation or the ACMFAIAC. <laughs> Please hush. I went to Earth, beautiful views, strange number of eyes. Most creatures only have two. <laughs> Delicious food. But I have brought with me the best thing on Earth. My giant shy friend. Please come meet him. He's got round ears like little teacups on his head and black splotches around his eyes like a pen exploded in his face. He's got one of those, those, uh, those scary bears we met. You, you remember that one in Colorado with the and the and he had a fish in his mouth, and the fish was not happy. But this one has flat teeth that doesn't seem interested in mauling us or even talking to us. He just walks around and eats and eats. He takes these huge pieces of green sticking out of the ground. I heard someone call it bamboo. And munch, munch, munch all day long. Like, like Carl from Clornax. <laughs> remember him. We always say, if you love buffet dining, you'll want to visit Clornax. But back to my friend. Sometimes to relax, he tips his body upside down, putting his front paws on the ground and his back paws on a tree like he's, like he's standing on his hands. A handstand. That's what we'll call it. He's my new best friend, and I think we should ask him to move from Earth, two few eyes, into my planet, Dabba Dabba Dooba Ding Dong. We and Dabba Dabba Dooba Ding Dong have the exact right number of eyes, which is 26. Oh, I forgot to mention, not only is he a nice, quiet, giant friend, but I'm pretty sure he is an Earth celebrity. Or at least I assume so, because the humans love to watch him on video. That was a beautiful story of friendship and discovery. Those alien encounters have given me a whole new perspective on pandas and penguins. Okay, 
Marin, take a minute to think things over and award a point to the alien encounter you found most compelling. The criteria is up to you. Who had the most facts? Who was funnier? Whatever you think, you can award a point. Have you made your decision? I have. Was it a tough decision, Marin? It was. It really was. Well, now it's time for the slipperiest, most unpredictable of rounds. It's the... <laughs> Sneak attack. Your challenge is super fan. Make up a team chant for your side's sports team. Make it four lines long and all about why your side is the best. While you work, let's listen to some soothing hold music. Bamboo munchers, vegan chums, environmental mascots with fuzzy tums. Panda poop helps bamboo forest grow. Penguins are cool, they beat the heat. Star in movies like Happy Feet. Waddle waddle splash, tuxedo wearing birds. Brandy, Katie, are you ready to channel your wildest inner fan? Yes! Okay, Katie, you are up first. Let's hear your cheer for pandas. Pandas, pandas, left to chill. For us, there is no greater thrill. Pandas, pandas, yes, we're slouches. Let's relax on great big couches. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I like a rousing cheer that's about relaxation. All right, Brandy, it's your turn. We want to know why you stay on penguins. And go! We're speedy. We're cute. We do more than eat a bamboo shoot. Eat fishes. Parental <laughs> care. All pandas are are lazy bears. Yay! <laughs> I mean, no argument for me. <laughs> Okay, Marin, time to award a point. Which cheer won you over? When you're the judge, you get to decide what makes a winning argument. Listeners at home, this goes for you, too. Marin, have you made your decision? I have. Well, everything has been leading up to this last challenge designed to intimidate even the most brilliant writers. It's our debater's very last chance to woo our judge in six words or less. Brandy, you are up first this time. Please present your final six for Team Penguin. Land, sea, creatures. Doing it all. Very nice, Team Panda. This is your last chance to outshine your opponent. Go for it. Pandas are beautiful, pooping, vegetarian heroes. Ugh. Another excellent final six. Well, both teams really brought it today. There's just one thing left to do. Marin, have you awarded your final point? All right, I have. The moment has come. Listeners, feel free to pause and talk it over if you need to. Marin, tally up your points and tell us who is the winner of today's debate. Penguins. <gasps> But it was a really close, really close battle. I was bamboozled. Um, just the back and forth was complete pandemonium. But um, I'm very happy with what I heard, and I'm glad you guys didn't decide to wing it. Both of you were tied coming into the final round, but I feel like the penguins were much more concise about the skills and features that they bring to the table. Well, this was a very close debate. Very well matched. Excellent judging, Marn. Thank you so much. 
I mean, pandas are cute. They're cute. <laughs> Brandy, thank you. Finally. Oh, my God. Just, I didn't think you knew what we were about. And you know, you oh, get Oh, I know it. they're cute. I mean, you know. I mean, yeah. And penguins are also really cute. If I were to create some sort of heist squad, I would want the penguin on my heist squad and not the panda. I would put a panda on my team because humans will be distracted by its cuteness and they are a great diversion tactic. So I, I think what we've learned together is that if you're creating a heist team and that heist team is animals, there's a place for a penguin and a panda. I love this togetherness. That's so beautiful. Well, Marin crowned penguins the smash boom best, but what do you think? In the end, someone had to ping win. I feel good <laughs> about my decision, but maybe you felt differently. Whether you agree or disagree, head to our website, smashboom.org, and vote. Well, that's a wrap on this episode. Smash Boom Best is brought to you by Brains On and American Public Media. It's produced by Molly Bloom, Alyssa Dudley, Rosie DuPont, Mark Sanchez, and Sandin Tutt. We had engineering help from Eric Romani. And we had production help from Manica Wilhelm and Christina Lopez. Anna Weggel is the voice of our whole music, and our announcer is Marley Foyerworker Otto. We want to give a special thanks to Andy Doucette, Melanie Renee, Peter Eklund, Stuart Bloom, Taylor Kaufman, and Austin Cross. Katie, is there anyone you want to give a shout-out to today? Um, I want to give a shout-out to Brandy for always bringing the facts. <laughs> how, how about you, Brandy? Who do you want to shout out today? Oh, I want to shout out Katie. Always one of my favorite people to talk to. And I get to see her today, which is excellent, even though we're in different states. I also want to shout out my cat, Claudette Cookie Lion, for being quiet and not yelling at me for snacks. I gave her snacks. And Stuart Anderson, who uh, donated the chair I am sitting in during this recording. It's a very nice chair. So thank you, Sue. And do you want to give any special thanks today, Marin? Thanks to my middle school debate coach, Mrs. Hawksford, who also taught English. She's wonderful, and she inspired me to continue debate. Awesome. And before we sign off, let's hear some more from Emily. Remember, she suggested a ketchup versus mustard matchup. Here's who she thinks should win. I think ketchup will win because ketchup is awesome and it makes food better. You can have it on hamburgers, french fries, chicken nuggets, and all your favorite foods. Mustard is yellow, gross, sour, and spicy. Yuck. Ketchup rules. Mustard rules. Go ketchup! Thanks, Emily. And if you've dreamed up a great debate idea, we want to hear about it. You can share your ideas or just say hi at smashboom.org. We'll be back soon with another debate battle. Achiever, but much like the panda, <laughs> I am vibing and straight chilling right now, which I think will impress everyone.